well, well, what's up, what's up, welcome back to Gut Punch. It's Thursday, August 20th, and welcome back. It's time for another Gut Punch. How you doing? Hope you enjoyed a little bit of metal. It's uh, it's not Metal Monday, but it is Thrash Thursday. Oh yeah, that's a good one right there. Yeah, Thrash Thursday is what I'm talking about. So I hope you're doing all right. Uh, welcome back. We got a late episode in the week. We didn't have one earlier this week. Uh, it's been a busy week, good busy week. Um, and I'm still croaking like a frog through the throat. So you're just going to have to live with that and enjoy the croaking of my voice. Uh, but wow, it's, it's been a long week already. It's only Thursday. Maybe some of you have been like, yes, it's Thursday for me. It's like, oh no, it's Thursday because this weekend is going to be slammed, packed, action-packed with all kinds of good stuff for my youth, for my kids. Uh, we got Secret Church tomorrow night. It's going to be awesome. Looking forward to that. Uh, here at the church, we're meeting from 7 p.m. till 12 a.m. And we're doing kind of a spinoff of David Platt's Secret Church. So if you've ever gotten to be a part of something like that, we're doing a spinoff, doing our own thing. Kind of in that model, though. Um, I would love to do the actual David Platt Secret Church, but I don't think my kids will be able to stay up for those hours and hours of video lessons like I would love to. So maybe one day. So we're going to do a little spinoff thing focused about... Dun, 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 wish I had like a, a drum roll sound. I don't have that. Sorry. I do have a gut punch and a slap, you know? And so that's all we got. But uh, drum roll, please. We will be talking about tomorrow night missions, the persecuted brothers and sisters in the Christian faith. We're also going to be talking about um, our part as believers here in the American church. How do we aid and pray and lift our hearts towards our brothers and sisters across the world, uh, but more uh, centered in around the persecuted church. And so that brings our gut punch for today. We are going to talk a little bit about the persecuted church and what can we learn in America from the persecuted church during, yes, the coronavirus pandemic. And so um, this was actually just a gut punch a couple of minutes ago. I was sitting in my office. I'm getting things ready for tomorrow night um, and getting all my videos together that I want to show, all my lessons, kind of making sure we have everything that we need. Got a shopping list to go pick up some things this afternoon. And I was looking on opendoorsusa.org, which is a phenomenal nonprofit, and their website is just so helpful uh, for believers that want to extend their hearts and prayers towards our persecuted brothers and sisters. Great website, great organization, 10 of 10. But I, I kind of check it regularly. Um, really, I check it weekly, and I, I've been getting on it every day over the last couple of weeks. Uh, but one thing they put up constantly is new articles, new ways that you can pray and things that are happening around the globe right now to our brothers and sisters in the faith. And this article, although it is from March, March 13th, and that is actually the weekend that we here at the Church of Serve at closed doors uh, due to the pandemic. This article was written in, although it was written in March, right? I don't think we in the American church have fully grasped what this article is saying, even here in August. And this article is exceptional. Uh, the title of it, and I just want to talk about it today, and then we'll end with a little bit of thrash metal at the end. Why not? You know, that song earlier was Monarch by Invent Animate, my pretty much my number one band ever, my, num my favorite metal band. But 
Uh, this article is titled Ease Coronavirus Fears, Seven Lessons from Persecuted Christians. And so I want to share a little bit of it. Um, and I just want to talk about really why, why in the American church have we not fully grasped these lessons and these truths? Um, we, daily, I get emails from Voice of Martyrs or Open Doors uh, USA asking for prayer and also financial aid for our brothers and sisters. What's the big thing that they're struggling with right now? Well, if you thought the coronavirus was bad enough for the world in the sense of it's shutting uh, shutting things down. Sorry, I couldn't get that out. Shutting things down. Um, More than that, what it's doing to Christians in other countries is it's keeping them from receiving governmental aid. So here in America, the stimulus checks that went out, I did not get one um, because I live at home still. The government in other countries, they're not extending aid to Christians. If uh, Certain countries, if they know they're Christians, they're not giving them the, the medicine, the financial support, the food, all those things that they need because they don't comply with the governmental religion in place. I mean, so our brothers and sisters are starving, dying, and getting kicked out of their homes, not receiving aid that they need to survive. And that's the serious thing. Think about that if that was us here in America, right? If you if every Christian wasn't to receive, if you truly confessed Christ and the government knew and you did not receive aid because of it, what kind of situation would you be in? What kind of situation would your family be in? And so this is what our brothers and sisters across the world are going through right now. Uh, it, at first, I received an email about how India, that's where it was serious. And now it's moved into Africa and everywhere else as well. But it, it's almost like they're putting a mark on them saying, no, because they're a Christian, they will not receive what we are providing to the rest of the country. And, and that's the cost of following Christ. And so praise be to God for these brothers and sisters. Uh, the Lord will take care of them. But this article talks about that. And so I'm just going to read a little bit of it. Um, This article is by Christopher Summers, who's located in Africa. Um, And just I'm going to read a little bit of the opening kind of to give you some uh, context and then share the part that really just hit me and slapped me in the face or got punched me. For the last six weeks, and I quote, the coronavirus pandemic has changed daily. Remember, this is written in March. Okay, so take this into consideration as you're hearing this. Um, the coronavirus, the coronavirus pandemic has changed daily life in the United States. And so this is right when everything started locking down. He says to date, there were more than 40,000 related deaths, 1 million cases confirmed in U S lockdowns and on and on. And then he goes on to say, and the whole country is holding its breath for the fallout for many Americans. It's a scary time. Now at that point, it was very scary for many of us. And maybe you're still there in that fear. Um, For many Americans, it's a scary time. There's still plenty of unknowns about COVID-19. Still today, there are plenty of unknowns. We know it impacts elderly people or those compromised immune systems, as he goes on to say. And we know now that it affects of all ages. What has happened, and he says, over the last six weeks, and we can even think of the last couple months, is we've seen empty store shelves, massive lines to buy hand sanitizer and toilet paper products. Um, and with the ongoing daily reports of the rocketing unemployment rates and poverty levels, testing failures, and speculation over treatments, it's no wonder people are afraid and anxious as we head into the next phase of living in this pandemic. And even now, as we head into the fall, right, how many of you thought, oh yeah, by August and September, this thing's going to be gone, and we're just going to be living life as normal? I know I did. 
I was hoping by July that this would be gone. I was planning on having a camp uh, in July, and then we ended up having to camp uh, cancel it. I was planning on having all these things for my youth, and we've had to cancel and re-navigate and change and manipulate to fit what's going on outside of these four walls with the virus. And um, through that, I mean, I have, I will say, and this is not to boast or to pump up my head, but I, I have to testify of Christ in the sense of I've had peace through this. At first, yeah, you 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 have to admit there was a little fear as we we didn't know what was going on. I mean, my fear kind of stemmed for my family, for for my grandmother and people that I care about, thinking, oh, if they got it, what is it going to do to them? People in our church, we have a predominantly elder church. I, I was worried about members within my own body. And so, yes, there is fear. I have to say in my own life, praise be to God, I had peace knowing, Lord, you're in control of this. And that's only because of Christ, not because of James. And so let me just testify of his goodness and his grace in my life. But yes, there was fear. Uh, We all were nervous, not knowing. And so I'm thankful for that. But as we continue, I know in the fall, I was thinking, man, we're going to be fine. It's going to be good. We're going to move on and camp's going to happen in the fall. We're going to do all these things, right? And look, it's still here. My sister's a school teacher. Uh, They have cases at her school. The the things, and those are kids, little kids. We, I remember when we first heard this things like, oh, it doesn't affect students and kids. We're good. No, it does. And and it's just crazy. Um, But we don't know the future still, right? And he goes on to say, and yet, as Christians, we have a different calling. And I quote the words of my Lord. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink. That's Matthew 6. Let me just read the whole passage, if I may. Matthew six twenty-five. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of value than they? Why are we more of value, may I answer? The Imago Dei. We bear the image of God. The birds of the air do not bear the image of God. We bear the image of God. In which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Oh, man, that's a gut punch right there. Oh, you of little faith. Hey, American church, where's our faith been? Therefore, in verse 31, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Verse 34, do therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Hey, those aren't my words, right? Those are the words of my Lord. Those are the words of Jesus. And he is calling us to to understand not to be anxious. And so to go back to this article, he goes on to say, um, each day has enough trouble of its own. 
people who are persecuted for their faith live out this reality each and every day. These are Christopher's words from this article, and I quote, they experience fear and uncertainty, pain and suffering, and yet they see the hope of Christ in the midst of it. Might they have something to teach American Christians gripped by fears of a global pandemic and the impact of necessary but damaging lockdowns? I think so. He goes on to say, here are some lessons from our persecuted sisters and brothers during these uncertain times. Number one, we belong to a family that helps one another. Oh, Lord. In John 17, Jesus prays for his followers. Oh, man. Jesus wants his church to be unified, to be one family of God. This reality plays out for persecuted Christians around the world. Oh, man. Come on, brother. Come on, Christopher. Number two, we are not alone. Oh, yes, we've been asked to practice social isolation, and for good reason. Simply staying at home and not risking the most vulnerable in our communities is perhaps one of the most loving things we can do. Hey, how about that uh, passage, loving your neighbor? Huh? Yeah, that's a good one. But isolation in the midst of a pandemic does not mean we are alone. Brother and sister in the faith, hey, if you are in Christ, guess what? The Spirit dwells within you. You are never alone. The Lord will never walk out on his people. He's never walked out on his children. So what makes you think he will now? To all of those that have said, God, where are you? Let me tell you, he's right in the midst of it. He's controlling it. And and I know we can go on and on. And I know many of you are probably tired of hearing about this pandemic. But I keep asking my students, if you have not taken this time seriously to check your heart and check your life, And to go, God, teach me through this more of you and how to love you. Then what have you done with your time? Right? That's my question. That should gut punch you in itself, right? We have been given a precious opportunity to sit back and go, God, you are in control. Teach me and give me faith. Let me be a light to the community that has no hope. Let me be a light to the lost that they would see the hope that I have in Christ. Right, that's what we should have been doing. What have you done with your time? He goes on to say, um, and uh, number three, God will sustain us. Whew, that's good. That's good. Number four, Jesus has overcome the world. That's in John 16, 33. Jesus says, in the world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Oh, man, here we go. In Nigeria, this is still this article, in Nigeria, Reverend Marcus's church and community were attacked by the Islamic terrorist group Boko Haram. People were killed, churches were burned, houses were destroyed, lives were changed forever. And yet, oh man, this just gives me goosebumps. And yet, Reverend Marcus lives in the knowledge that Jesus has overcome anything that might hurt him or other Christians. We do not pray that God will take away the hardship, but that God would give us the grace to be able to stand, Reverend Marcus explains. He goes on to say, the Bible tells us that whoever endures the end will receive a crown of righteousness. This is the message I want to send to Christians around the world today. That's Reverend Marcus. Thank you, Lord, for Reverend Marcus. And I pray for Reverend Marcus even now, Lord, that you would protect him and keep him safe. Give him courage in these times. But American church, as we sit on our mamby-pamby butts, what have we done with our time? And have we not learned uh, from this, I mean, I, I'm, I am burdened. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm broken and burdened for my brothers and sisters who are dying and starving and being thrown out of their homes for the name of Jesus Christ. 
I praise God for their courage and their endurance, but I'm hurt because I mourn with those who are hurt. And I, I think about, I constantly have the image play in my mind of the Coptic Christians that died many years ago on the beach as ISIS slayed them. Uh, although they lost their physical life that day, they did not lose their life. They stepped into the next with Christ and they stood for the faith. And, and sadly, I, when I was in high school, I was able to find that video. Why I found it, I don't know. And I watched it and I will never get that, uh, that pain of watching my brother's die for the faith out of my brain ever. And sometimes I think that the Lord has kept that in my mind to remind me that their courage was worth it, that they made a testimony of the glory of God and the goodness of God's grace and said, Jesus is worth it. He is worth it. And I'm just hurt because I look around the church and I'm not saying any one church. I'm saying the, the American church I can't throw the global church in this. It has to be American church. But I look around the American church, and all we want to do is stress out about, oh, man, the shelves are empty. I got no toilet paper. We want to freak out about, oh, they closed down everything. Are you kidding me? I can't go do this. I can't go do that. We want to be upset about wearing a mask. And when Jesus has called us to love our neighbor, and if I have to put a full body suit on to protect my neighbor, then let me do it. But I'm hurt because... Yet our brothers and sisters are, are like, no, just let me do whatever I can to give God glory. And, and their governments are withholding aid to them because they love the Lord. And we're just worried and stressing out and, and panicking about who might take the Oval Office next. But Christian, have we not remembered who's in control? Last time I checked, the president's not in control. Right? The, the prime minister of any country is not in control. God is in control. And whatever authority takes throne in this physical world of earth, ultimately it's subject to the throne of God. And so um, I'm just, I'm broken. I'm hurt. And, and, and I'm just beaten because I, I'm tired of, even in my own life, of, wanting my way and going, oh, I can't do this, really. Oh, man. Oh, oh man. I'm just, I'm tired of that. And, and I, I read these articles, and yeah, I shed a tear, right? And I'm talking about in my past, I shed a tear and move on. But I don't want to move on. Lord, let me dwell and pray for my brothers and sisters daily, every hour even. Let me constantly pray and lift my heart to those that, are willing to lose their life for the name of Christ. So my question is, are we willing to take that stand? Right? We had an episode on Coffee with Vern where we talked about that. Is this day coming where we will have to, you know, truly take a stand for the name of Christ? Because are we, are, are we church? Are we taking a stand for Christ, right? I mean, persecution is not just a kid picking on me because I love Jesus at school. No, no, no. Right? If the kid's picking on you, keep standing up for the name of Jesus. Uh, I think we think persecution is the fact that, oh, somebody was rude to us at the store. No. Persecution is what our brothers and sisters outside of America are going through right now because they know that Jesus is worth it. And so my question to end today and, and to leave us in a place of even somberment is, is Jesus worth it to you? 
And then number two, what have you done with your time in this pandemic? And what can we, even myself, be convicted of and say, God, renew us, restore us, and change our posture? Let us have a heart ready to serve you willingly. Right? And and I think number three is, when was the last time you prayed for the persecuted church? Hey, at the end of the day, you know, we, we love saying, yeah, that's my brother and sister when we're in our physical church. But last time I checked, the, the body of Christ unites us globally with those who claim the name of Jesus, no matter how they look, what they speak language-wise, or where they live. And so as my brothers and sisters like Reverend Marcus are taking a stand, may we change our posture, change our attitude, and say Jesus is worth it. And if that day does come, I'm willing to take that stand. Lord, thank you for it even today. Pray that you would be convicted as I have. Um, and, and again, this gut punch is all about encouraging. And so how do you walk away from this? You walk away and go, God, as I'm going to walk away from this and go, Lord, change my posture, burden me to pray for my brothers and sisters and may I realize that this is life and death that we're dealing with with Christ. And this ain't a joke, church. This is life and death. Life and death. So um, as we roll out today with Gut Punch, hope you have a blessed weekend. We'll be back next week with another episode. Looking forward to sharing with you then. But until then, enjoy some metal, right? Bang your head to a little bit of metal. And... and And go in peace. Shabbat Shalom. Talk to you soon.